Welcome back to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. This is episode 48, and we're going to be talking about pro wrestling and MMA crossover stars. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and you're not. Joining us now, the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. Hey, man, you don't talk to the colonel. You listen to him. The man's enlarged my mind. He's a poet warrior in a classical sense, man. I mean, he'll, he'll well, you know, uh, hello to him, right? And he'll just walk by you. He won't even notice you, and suddenly he'll grab you, and he'll throw you in a corner. He'll say, do you know that if is a middle word of life, and if you can't keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blame it on you, if you can trust yourself when other men doubt you, I mean, no, no, I can't. I'm the little man. I'm a man. Oh, oh, hey, Jeremy, what's going on, man? I was watching Apocalypse Now, and fucking Dennis Hopper got in my head. Oh, I don't know man. what happened. I thought I was a photojournalist. I had a flashback, man. I'm, I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, better well, than I am. <laughs> well, yeah. Anytime Dennis Hopper's running around loose in your head, you're going to have a problem. Yes. Yeah. He's been in for a couple of days now oh man oh, yeah anyway oh you're the one with the cigarettes yep that's right <laughs> that's right that's right so bobby i just just in case we do have a little problem you want to tell everybody what's going on with your internet just yeah in case. we missed this week and i i would i'll take personal it was my fault not jeremy's because i live in an area where apparently the copper thieves are running amok and crazy jeremy actually i he pulled up the article i read in our daily newspaper on friday and i normally don't read the paper i just look online or what have you but i've been having internet problems because people have stolen a shitload of copper wire from windstream cable from the internet service their telephone services there was people in one area i was telling jeremy a little bit offline they couldn't even call 911 i think there was what how many was it five thousand feet rolls jeremy these, i think what i read said it was three five thousand foot rolls of yeah, copper i don't I don't know if it was a storms last week or if it was a copper that got stolen that put my area of the town out because they said they had outsourced to get some supplies over here to get our internet back up and running as far as i know we're good this week and speaking of storms i want to give a shout out to the people down in new orleans and louisiana hope they're getting through that deal all right down there we had some rain the last couple weeks but it's nothing like they got down there right now mike mills and all the crew at the btt you know all you people down there in new orleans are fans down that way to golf close Hope everything's all right. Hope you get your power back and all that. But, yeah, I got my Internet back. You hate those things when it happened. That's just the way it is, though. So I apologize for missing a week, but it's good to be back with you. Brother. It is. Yeah, and if we have any sound problems today, it's probably just because we're having trouble handshaking. It's funny you bring up Mike Mills, because when I read that copper was getting stolen from your area, I wondered if the guys at BTT were just trying to keep us off the air. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. They, they seem like they got enough worries of their own down there, though. So. Well, that's what... But that's what threw me off the scent a little bit there, you know. Yeah, yeah, so I think they got some cold beer on ice, and they'll come through it all right, I hope. I sure hope so. Guys, take care down there. Everybody down the Gulf Coast, we're, uh, we're thinking of you here. Yeah, for sure. You got any shout-outs, Jeremy? I do, actually. I've got uh, one I want to hit. Is, this one is to Shelly Pack, who has written, I believe she wrote and directed a, a movie called Chasing Molly, which is starring Kurt Angle. And, wow. And okay. it's Yep, it's available right now on Amazon. Here's, here's a quick description. A paranormal con artist accidentally rips off a drug kingpin. Now she must scramble to save her kidnapped partner and herself while battling through the underbelly of Los Angeles. That is Chasing Molly. I'm going to be watching this tonight. You can get to it if you're interested in perhaps giving it a rental and helping out an independent filmmaker. And, uh, you know, the champ, Kurt Angle over there. Go to tinyurl.com slash bbchasingmolly. It'll take you right to it on Amazon. Cool. Very cool. 
I might watch that myself. Give me something to do this evening. Exactly. Good deal. I've got a give a shout out real quick to the Wide Man uh, Can't Jump podcast. They've sponsored our show a couple weeks back. If you are a fan of theirs, give them try to join their Patreon. It's only a couple dollars a, a month. Uh, get some behind the scenes uh, interviews and things. And with that said, shout out to to Nate and Tim. I was with them on a the phone the other day with someone who may be on our list today, Mr. Dan Severn. And we're going to have an interview coming out real shortly here. So I wanted to give them a shout out. We'll get more into that, Jeremy, throughout this podcast or maybe towards the end of it again. But I want to give them a shout. The other one goes out to at Warriors Come Out. And he had top 10 suggestion, no self-finishes. I'm not going to read the exact tweet because I don't have it in front of me. I just wrote down no self-finishes. And I think that's a very, very good – that's a good possibility. If we can come up with 10 of those, I think that would be really good. Now, I don't think this is a top 10, but I'm going to tell you what. As soon as, as, soon as I read that uh, the other evening when it came out, I said, oh, that's, that's good. That would be a good list for us to do. I thought about kicking out of Alex's right German suplex on TV. And so I legitimately, I did kick out on two. Man, I about lost my job that night. I hadn't even been working in WCW that long. We got in a corner, and we got rushed, and he popped me a forearm right in the right jaw. And he said, go home, go home. And I'm like, what the fuck? When we got more, I wasn't one of them guys like, get your shit in. But I'm like, we just just getting started here, pal, you know. Yeah. And I'm the one calling him back. We do a little thing, and we go out, and we do a German soup. When he does the German suplex, and I go right over, you know, my ass over, my legs over my ass over the tea kettle kind of thing. When a referee comes down, a lot of people think that's the one count. You know, when he hit the mat, they think that's one. But then he raises up and goes one, two. Well, when he goes two for the second one, I'm already got my feet touching, you know, the, the canvas over my head. I just roll. I know exactly where I'm at. I just keep on rolling straight back right out of the damn ring. And the guy jumps up, and the referee, of course, holds Alex's hands up because it's sitting there for a TV taping. And I get in the back, and Terry Taylor and I had a little talk, and, and Arn and, and Flair was in there laughing. Uh, Terry was just telling me, you know, hey, you're going to be here. You got to put some guys over. We're going to put you over, too, but it's not territory. You don't have to stay strong. We're going to give you some wins, too, you know. But I always kicked out on that. You know, if you're in that program and you take that three count, you always got to kick out that last second. Well, I might have kicked out a little bit sooner. So that's some of the things we can find. I know we talked about one off air. We're going to, and that, again, we're not going to use mine, but if we can find 10 really good things, that'd be a really good list i think and maybe we'll have to do some research on that yeah i think uh, so that'd if you're be a great show yeah send us in you know if you know some no self finishes you know send them in to us at the bbbb use the joint account there on twitter at bell to bell blaze that jeremy and i share on there or hit jeremy up at geek cast or hit me up at uh, bobby blaze 744 because i think uh, that one went to the uh, bell to bell if i'm not mistaken and tagged me in it I, I think that's a good choice so with that said i just want to say uh, real quickly thanks to all of our listeners we appreciate you all the fans out there, we appreciate you. I'm just glad to be back on air. We've got a really good program today, and I don't even know if we mentioned what it was, Jeremy. Have we? I have, but I will mention it again. I got one or Please two more it. things. One, one or yep. two more things I want to bring up before we start. Yeah, this week we're going to be talking about people who went in between pro wrestling and MMA. You know, there's going to be a couple of people we miss, obviously, especially in back from the early days, like the Hackenschmitz and those guys who were like legit catch fighters who realized they could work more often if they weren't hurt. You know, those guys we won't be talking yeah. about as much. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's make some money. Let's not kill each other. Exactly, exactly. But before we get started on that, guys, the last couple weeks here, Tex has been doing the videos for our top tag teams. Bobby, we caught a little heat. We uh, we got a little heat on this one. Uh-oh. The Road Warriors came in number two. Here's some uh, messages we got on, on YouTube about <laughs> this. You know, This is from Dewey Cedarblade. It says, I respectfully disagree. There is no argument. The Road Warriors slash LOD are the greatest tag team ever. I could argue the point. Dewey, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but you're, you're wrong. So... <laughs> <laughs> And then Dave Johnson says, Bobby, you better have a good reason why you put the Warriors at two or I can't respect your list. We, we <laughs> well, have... I don't know you, but that's okay. I don't read those damn, I don't read the comments for a reason. And right there's why, because you know what? When they see number one and they found out who it was, they mm. should have been damn happy if you love professional wrestling. And you know what? We said it beforehand, Jeremy. That list could have been, there could have been any number of changes and there still might be surprises yep. on that list. You never know. You never know. <laughs> and then the last one we got here, and guys, I'm just picking like out of our last two, we already had like 200 or 150 comments or something. I just picked a handful real quick. I appreciate everybody who comments, even if you hate us. I don't care. Thank you right, for doing right, it. Right. Yeah. But Odin, I don't read them for my own sanity, Jeremy. Just I, so know, you know. I, I know. Some... I, I'm glad when when people comment. We love the interaction. Yep. I love the action on Twitter. That's my social media, and that's all I really have time for. Otherwise, I probably would. And I do put out, I watch every video, and I do send them back out, retweet them, everything. I yep. just don't read the comments. I really just don't have the time. So even if you do hate the list or disagree with it, that's completely cool, man. You know, because it's all good and fun, and we enjoy professional wrestling. So we're glad you're. Yep. Interact. I well, just want to get that out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing, guys. I do read the comments. And the yeah. important ones I will pick up. And he, look, me and Bobby talk all the time. Shit comes up, he hears about it. It's just when it's bullshit, I don't tell him about it because nobody needs their blood pressure raised for no reason. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the last one is Odin the German Shepherd, who I think has commented on almost every single one of our videos at this point. So, Odin, thank you for getting in there. He says, the Road Warriors, number two, a whole bunch of question marks. And then, whoa, number one must be amazing, awesome video. You are right on all counts. <laughs> All right. Thank yeah. you, Odin. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Still, yeah. All right. right. Before we get started, Bobby, let's uh, let's pay a couple bills and talk about your yep. books, shall we? You know, these books, we try to uh, they help sponsor the show. We don't have a sponsor. We're lucky to get sponsors when we do, and we appreciate the sponsor for only $35 an episode. If you're out there and you have a small business, you want to get some airtime, let us know. Uh, the Wide Men uh, Can't Jump podcast sponsored us a few weeks ago, as mentioned. But in the meantime, I have a couple books out there on Amazon. The quickest way to get them is just go to one of the tiny URLs I'm about to read to you. And that is, if you want to get Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Bootsful Travel, my very first book that I put out a few years ago. It's got over 102 reviews, a lot of five-star reviews. But more important than the five-star reviews to me is just a fair and honest review. And I appreciate that. Now, listen up. You can get that book, tinyurl.com backslash blaze book one and as for pin me pay me i kicked out on two i meant pin me pay me my second book i kicked out on two is tinyurl.com backslash blaze book two and someone tweeted to me today and if i'd have written her name down i should have they were and says currently reading and i had a picture of them holding my book and i appreciate that whoever you were pin me pay me tinyurl.com backslash blaze book one I kicked out on two, tinyurl.com backslash blazebook2, and that's where you can get the second book at. If you have a copy and enjoyed it, buy a friend a copy. Buy the wrestling fan of your copy. Let them, invite them back into my world sometime. And also, you can help sponsor the show a little bit because I get a little bit of kickback. If you use the Tiny URL's podcast, gets a little bit of kickback. 
and that's all good. And while we're here, Jeremy, I'm just going to just say, uh, you know, I, I sell just a couple books a month, and if that's all we sell, that's fine with me because it's just enough that, you know, between Jeremy and I, we can work something out, or if the podcast gets a couple dollars, we can keep this thing going. And I just want to say thank you. So if you're one of the two to six, four people that buy one every month or so, or have bought one, I'm sorry, don't, I don't expect you to buy the same damn book all the time. I'm just saying thank you for taking the time to purchase a book. And now that you've purchased it, read it, and leave me a fair and honest review, and I appreciate that. Yeah, guys, if you have a friend who's into wrestling who hasn't read Bobby's books, but you have, buy it for them. If you haven't read it, buy it for yourself. Hey, if there are any attractive women who like pro wrestling who want to have their picture taken with a book and send it in that we could use on the video... Oh, what an idea, yes! That would be that would be something as well. So hot chicks who like wrestling, or you know what, just chicks who like wrestling, send your picture in with a book, let us know if we can use the picture, we would appreciate it. That would be awesome. Oh, last social media with us, baby girls, come on! Yeah. Well, Bobby, let's talk about some great crossover stars between pro wrestling and MMA. Okay, sounds like a plan to me, man. I know we've got 10 and people... They're, these can be interchangeable. You could have a whole completely different tin, and that's fine. We just kind of had these ten in mind, and there's a reason. We hope that flows good, and you, you hope you like this reason. With that said, I said I hope it flows good because number ten, he he could probably be higher on this list, but we're going to start with him for a reason. And that's Antonio Inoki. Jeremy, you want to speak a little bit while we put Inoki up at number ten well, as to what the importance of why he's on this list to begin with? Antonio Inoki was one of the biggest stars in Japan, and he is one of the first people to really kind of pioneer MMA by having a fight with world champion Muhammad Ali. That's a big deal. And, you know, again, it was officiated by Judo Jean LaBelle. I mean, this was like yeah. a thing where, like, legit fighters were all around this. Unfortunately, yeah. the fight itself was a bit of a shit show, and he really just kicked the shit out of uh, all these legs. Oh, it was it was a first attempt at some real crossover martial arts uh, fighting. Anoki was trained by Ricky Dozen and also Carl Gotch. And Gotch, Gotch was one of his corner men, and it was in an interview in Gain Magazine. Gotch, he had on his wrestling trunks underneath his warm-up, under New Japan warm-up. During the introduction, I guess, Gotch just kind of pulled his pants out just a little bit, and he said, just in case there's any monkey business, I'm over here ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Gotch, he, he could have easily made our list, but he was one of the corner men, and I, I'm glad you mentioned it. We mentioned it before, one of our tough guys over here. Gene LaBelle's a damn referee, man. And I know this, too, just from reading some courses this happened in 1976 and it was a predecessor for all the mma you know modern day martial arts and stuff they had some rules set i guess for a couple months and then i guess within a couple days before the actual fight apparently ali saw noki doing some kicks and things in a dojo he said you know i think they changed some rules kind of behind the scenes like you know that's why Anoki pretty much had to go to his back because he couldn't kick unless he was on his knees or down and I guess of course he did some damage to Ali's legs of course and I think Ali only hit him like maybe six times or something uh, throughout the whole fight so like Jeremy said it wasn't the, the greatest work in the world as far as the entertainment aspect but it drew in that boxing versus wrestling and kind of set stuff to stage for kind of where we're at today with all the MMA UFC of course being the biggest but there's Bellator and there's a lot of other things out there and where i'm not going to go in here and start talking about I'm, I'm a big ufc fan or you know ultimate fighter or mma rather we're just going to go with the flow of the conversation between pro wrestling and 
the uh, MMA world. Come with uh, Anoki, who had wrestled and, and fought and was a tough guy, and he fought a world champion in Muhammad Ali, and that kind of starts all this thing off. So I think we got him in a really good place coming at number 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, although legitimately, he could probably be in the top two or three if we wanted him to, you know. So it's our list, damn it. He tried to take over the JWA from Giant Baba in 72. Baba was also a uh, student of Ricky Dozan's. So because of that, he got fired. Uh, Antonio Noki got fired and founded the NJPW in 1972. 79, he got a title win over Bob Backlund for the WWWF title that is not in the history book. So he is one of the early phantom champions. During the 90s, he used the uh, NJPW as his personal MMA experiment, crossing over with legit fights and work fights. It almost drove the company out of business, so he then turned around and sold it to a game maker. The NJPW is one of the biggest uh, wrestling companies in the, on the planet. And I think they're at uh, NJ New Japan Pro Wrestling 1972 on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Number nine is Tank Abbott. The Tank. You know why I think he's on this list? For my reasoning, Jeremy, and I have a couple of things I'll add. The reason here is the same reason I think that he got into the UFC early on, and of course eventually WCW some wrestling because he did have a wrestling background, is because at the time when he came on, I think no one, they just thought this is a barroom brawler. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a guy that sits at the end of the bar, and he's part of toughest guy in that bar legitimately and he's going to go out there and fist fight someone after a couple of drinks and, and they're going to just going to fucking probably fuck fight and uh, shake hands afterwards you know someone's going to get hurt or knocked out or killed and he's kind of representing i guess just our everyday kind of he didn't look like he trained as far as little, you know conditioning or anything like that he just had the big old beer gut 300 pound guy out there but he had wrestled throughout high school uh, i think he'd done some junior college wrestling as well done some bouncing and things like that and just a legitimate tough guy, but he tried to cross over to the wrestling world. And I'm going to let you say a few things, and I'll talk about a couple of things I know that, that may or may not be true. It happened when he was in WCW. Oh, yeah, because you were there at the same time. So I'll hit what I know. He was apparently hired to be – they were going to push him in a feud with Goldberg that never ended yeah. up happening. And uh, when Russo was still booking, there was a show coming up where – Neither Bret Hart nor Jeff Jarrett could uh, go into the title match. They were going to do a tournament or something for the world title. And Russo's idea was to have Tank Abbott pick it up and be champion, at least for a little bit, but not a real long time. Yeah. I guess this might have led to, or it had something to do with Russo finally being removed from power. Benoit then won the title and quit the WCW the next day. Yeah. Tank, I don't even know why he quit. Tank was out basically a year after he started. Um, And he he had a program with three count that that sounds fantastic. I don't even remember it. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember a little bit about that. The only thing I think, uh, I know he had a kind of a run-in with with one of the Steiners. Pretty sure he really didn't want to have a run-in with one of the Steiners. Because if you have a run-in with one of the Steiners, you've probably got a fucking run-in with both of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of you know, him thinking legitimately, you know, being tough and wanting to fight. I think that was part of the deal. He, he really did want to try people, you know. And there's a couple guys willing to say, hey, fuck, let's try it, you know. It didn't get to that, but I, I think uh, Scott kind of, they had a little altercation, and, and Rick come out like, no, nah, you don't want to fuck with him because you're fucking with me. I think he was like, you know what, I'm fucking with two brothers. I've been in enough fights to know I'm not fucking with either one of them. I know a couple guys, my good friend, the maestro, he was there at the time. I guess he had a couple of issues with them in his match. Uh, they had a couple matches, and I know for the uh, hardcore title is what Stroh was. It's one again, 
one of them things where someone's a really good damn wrestler and they put them in some other program like we talked about Norman Smiley. You know, they get the hardcore title when they're a legitimately good wrestling wrestler, you know. But I guess the Stroh had to, like, you know, twist his arm a little bit to get him to move this way and get him to go that way because, again, I think he had that attitude of, uh, and I don't know this for sure, you know, what's going through Tank Abbott's head, but, you know, hey, he didn't want to do business, you know, but but he did. And I think when they shut down, I don't think probably WWE or any other company at the time was really interested in him because he worked for Pride and several other companies besides UFC. But as far as the pro wrestling goes, the reason I don't think that panned out, I don't think he he don't I don't think he understood the whole concept of it's okay to work, you know, yeah. it's okay to get beat because he's out there in street fights beating the piss out of people anyway. He's just not used to that, and you get that national exposure like you did from UFC and like you did from WCW, you want that spotlight, especially, and it happens, man. I was told one thing and then led to believe another and this and that. And, and you know, the bookers and the writers, and I'm not blaming anything on anyone from my career. I'm just saying things like, happen. you're brought in thinking, hey, I'm going to have a championship run here, and then they change it. The world can change on a dime, you know, boom. And when that didn't happen, you know, I could see a guy get a little bit pissed off, a little bit mad, especially if that's not the way they had made their living. They're not used to that. They're used to the shoot style. They're used to getting their way or beating the fuck out of someone. So I don't know. I do remember him being with the uh, three count, uh, Evan Courageous, and the, uh, who was the uh, Helms. Uh, was the other one? I can't think. I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, he come out was trying to join their little boy band, try to dance and this and that, and they finally got him in. Then he had a feud with him, of course. But anyway, that's that's number nine's Tank Abbott. So his finishing move was a knockout punch. Yeah, the something right. He had like that strong right hand that was going to be his big finish. Yeah, and, and um, you know, technically punching's not allowed in pro wrestling. I want to say this. Let's fantasy book for one second here, sure. Jeremy. Would you bring him in against your top guy, being Goldberg, and think that you have a program there? Because I don't. See it myself. Only if I. You know, here's the thing. So they fucked up Goldberg so bad that I don't know what the proper way to deal with him was. Because here's the thing. He was like the only homegrown talent that was like hot at the moment. Yeah. They had run the NWO into the ground. Sting was kind of hit and miss because they. I mean, how do you fuck Sting yep. up? But they found a way to do it. <laughs> and then they did that yeah. bullshit angle with the the stun gun on Goldberg. I mean. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Now, you got to remember, there's a lot of star fuckery back in the 90s, too. Oh, yeah. And so, during the time, I mean, right now, it's easy for me to look back and say, no, I wouldn't. But during the time, you know, wrestling's really hot. The UFC's really hot. I probably would, and then I would immediately regret it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just didn't know as far as work right. That's the only thing. And maybe that's the only one I could agree with. You know, a couple other people on this list obviously going to be working over in WWE at the time, and they couldn't get them and, and tanks available when they get them. But I just, I just couldn't see them having a really good wrestling program. That, that's just my in my mind. And I can't see Goldberg just going down for one big right punch that had that had been some fuck finish or whatever. Yeah. I don't know that Tank would have been you know working with Goldberg that well. I just don't think it. Well, I don't think it would have panned out really good. Like you said, I would have if if they had the program, I'd have ended it rather quick. But again, uh, not trying to defend Tank Abbott in any way. He's on our list for a reason. Uh, he's a crossover guy, crossover star, if you will. But if you come in there saying, "Look, here's what we'd like to do with you. We're going to put this title on you. You know, you're going to you're going to represent our company with the heavyweight championship strap or whatever." Um, and then your your next thing you know, you're fucking trying to join a boy band, uh, you know, group <laughs> dancing out there with them. There's reason you just don't want to stick around that party, you know. So once exactly. they close down, I'm sure he was ready to go back to Huntington Beach, have a few beers, and say, "Fuck that business. I I've got other stuff to do," you know. And I'm sure 
It does. Normally, you wouldn't put a weak wrestler with a weak wrestler, right? I wouldn't think so. Yeah, so you no. need somebody in there. If, if you get a guy who's not a great wrestler, you need a great wrestler with him to hide his fuck-ups, right? Yes. So, yeah, you wouldn't put Tank Abbott against Goldberg. Well, that's what my thinking yeah. was with booking. I just don't think that would have been a good match to have. And, and like I said, my, my friend of Maestro, he's a hell of a worker, man. He's a good wrestler. He's a good shoot wrestler. And he was trying to pull his teeth out, you know, with, with Abbott, just, you know, trying to get him to go here, get him to go there. And I'm one of them guys that think, man, if you can't have a good match with this guy, you can't have a good match with anyone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, and, and that's why I don't, I don't know what the extent of the Steiner's heat was. Again, that was just kind of hearsay kind of thing. But I don't think that would have been much uh, other than uh, if it had been a shoot, one of them or both of them would have taken him down and beat the piss out of him, or he'd have stood there and tried to slug until one of them got in and knocked the fuck out of him. It's my opinion, you know, in that situation, because we had seen him against some other wrestler before anyway. I understand a hot commodity back then, the star fucking and this and that, and USC's strength and WCW, the, the pay-per-views and et cetera. I just don't think it would have been a good program long-term. It could have been something short. Here's what we're going to do. And, of course, they had a lot of them fucking short-term programs that ended with no one but factory, you know, at the end of it. And obviously they're closed, so there you go. That kind of answered the wrong question. <laughs> uh, spent more time than I wanted to on Tank Abbott, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all right. You know what? I mean, it was it was an exciting thing to see at the time. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's easy to turn around and shit on it. But you know what? Sometimes you got to fucking roll the dice and hope your, hope your gamble turns out. So they did, yeah, you know. Yep. So I get it completely. Well, next we're going to go to number, where were we at? Number eight, yes. Shinsuke Nakamura. Man, what a talented cat this guy is, man. Very much in the model of an Antonio Inoki. Yeah. Where he's working, you know, he's working in pro wrestling and MMA at the same time, sometimes on the same shows. Mm, man. Yeah, they call him the king of strong style. Yeah, now, that's now, <laughs> I got a question about Strong Style, everybody. I think Strong Style is the last kayfabe on the planet, and I, I kind of <laughs> hope that it is. I think sometimes, too, that's, that's misconstructed, uh, or misconstrued, rather. I'm sorry, misconstrued when people think st- Strong Style. I think maybe uh, people just work stiff or work snug, and that's not necessarily the case. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a case of, yes, working stiff and working snug, but also... It, it's it's still working, and it, but it's working to the believability. It's not, it's not all the craziness. Obviously, you're not going to do all the high spots and the bouncing around we see in a traditional, well, not traditional, uh, in a in a in a TV match you might see nowadays. Let's just say that. Yeah. I like this guy's style because he's got style. His body language, he's built good. He, he, he moves good, and I you know he can dance. I like that. I'm not going to lie, man. I like that about him. But I like the way he's built because he's built like he's in between a pro wrestler and an MMA guy. He still looks like, to me, he's not overly bulky, and he's not skinny. He's just got that built like, if you go to the mat with me, I'm going to stretch you. If you want to stand here, I'm going to fight you. I'll kick you. I'll do this. You know, I, He just looks to me like a fighter, like he's in that shooting. Yep. He's in the kind of shape that's shooting, and that's why I think that that strong style – I think he can do that. Well, I know he can. We we both know that. So I I don't want to I don't want to think that you know oh they, people think well he does Bobby saying he's just working stiff or he works snug. No, I think he can get in there and really work almost like a catch as catch can if you will. And um, if he wanted to stretch someone, he could. If he wanted to tap someone out, he could. If he wanted to pin him, he could. And by the same token, he could be on the receiving end just as well. You know, he might miss a kick somewhere. Someone catches him, he goes down. I love the way he sells. Uh, he just sells like it's real too. You know, that's that's really. Uh, I just like the guy. I really do. 
So well, you, you know, he's got that. You know, you're talking about the way he's built. It's it's kind of that Shawn Michaels build. You know, where he looks like he could actually like go go to town on you if he had to. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. you're talking about the way he moves. Every time I see Shinsuke Nakamura, I think of Elvis for some reason. I think of Michael Jackson. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm an Elvis fan, but I think of Michael Jackson just because of the way he moves. But hey, both are king right there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Shinsuke. King and a king. Yeah. Well, Shinsuke Nakamura when he was with uh, NJPW, he's a multiple IWGP. Uh, Intercontinental and IWGP yeah. champion. He's held I mean, held so many titles. Um, he's wrestled everywhere. He's, I mean, you know, he blew up in NXT. He's the NXT champion two times, the U.S. champion two times. He's won the Royal Rumble. He's on the main roster now. He's been, I believe, he was a PWI's Wrestler of the Year once. Um, okay. Or most popular, 2016 is most popular. Okay. But, yeah, the dude is just, he's that cool, old school, you know, Anoki and that Carl Gott style of wrestling. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. it works for real fighting and it works for wrestling. And it, it just, yeah. it works. I like this guy, man. I think he, I think he, I think he deserved to be on this list. And, again, with this list, you're going to hear a couple of names. we got some new people on this list, even though we do the old school a lot of times in this wrestling. I mean, you know, yeah, we mentioned Anoki, uh, you know, and here we got a guy still currently wrestling, and that's that's the, the, the link right there is wrestling. Uh, like you said, that catch-as-catch-can, that strong style that Anoki used to do, and this Nakamura kid, man, I'm telling you, he just, he's just a star power, man. I, I, I like him. And uh, I think he deserves to be on his list. And I'm glad we got some new blood on the list finally, Jeremy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, 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 we don't do the same list all the time. But when you're doing the same kind of, you know, era, a lot of those things are going to be repeated. You know, we mentioned Carl Gotch's name earlier. And, and he was an MMA guy. And, you know, as far as because uh, he did the Olympics and he did pro style and then he trained, he knew, you know, he's a god of wrestling. But but we didn't have on this list for the simple fact. He he helped with, with some of the guys that have been on this list. And, and also these guys that we're talking about had really pretty successful careers in both the MMA and in professional wrestling, and that's that's kind of where we went with this. And so I'm glad this uh, Nakamori made our list, man. My damn glass is about to fall off. Sorry about that. Well, you're getting a little excited. You, you take yeah, a moment. Yeah, because you know. uh, did I go to number seven? Yeah, go to number seven. I, I'm going to go to number seven. Here's why. Because she reminds me of the same thing a little bit. I said she, folks. That Shayna Baszler, I guess is how you say her last name, I'm impressed with her, and I'm going to tell you why. She's number seven on this list, and I'm glad we put her on here because she reminds me a lot of, of Nakamori as well because, again, she got, I, I saw her probably about a year and a half before she came on the scene. She was doing some rolling around with Ronda Rousey, and I liked it. I thought, oh, man, this girl really gets it because I knew she was MMA, but the stuff they were doing, they, they did a couple of things into the turnbuckles and around the ropes. They didn't do a bunch of high spots, monkey spots, and flopping around monkey flips and stuff. But the way they were using the wrestling ring to just train, um, and this is, of course, before Ronda you know, made her, so this goes back a couple years, uh, WrestleMania a couple years, while I'm trying to spit out there. Anyway, I saw this girl, and I was like, man, that girl, she should be a pro wrestler. Little did I know she actually would you know, join the NXT and, and get involved in it. I think Tex sent us something. He was talking about her body language is getting better, but her facial expression, I think he said. So I, but I've always saw that she's got a good body. She looks like she can really go because she can. And then she, I, I was going to say this earlier in the show, I really do think it's easier, and I, I we'll have someone on this list that this is referenced to probably, it's easier for me to think that if you come from a wrestling and, and the MMA background, it's easier to go from 
the MMA to the pro style. If you're a pro, you know, and you've been trained, and then you have to, then you want to, you know, divert your training and give all, give your all to MMA, you pretty much better stop your pro-style matches because they just take so much out of you. Right. You know, the, the travel, the wear and the tear, the bumps and everything night after night, you just can't do that when you're training for MMA. So I think the conversion is a lot, you know, if you're MM, if you got wrestling, because again, we're going with the, the, the billboard or the marquee still says wrestling, um, or at least in our world it does, but um, I think it's easier for an MMA or a wrestler to come over and do the pro-style than vice versa, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit but i think this chick here man is uh the shana baszler coming in at number seven i think she's at a good spot here I, i'm glad she's on the list because of everything i just now said she's got a look to her she's got a style to her and she looks like she can go and she's learning to really work and, and that's important and i won't say she does a strong style but as far as the things i've seen her doing it it looks really really good and i like it like that so anyway, go ahead and add some more stuff. Oh yeah, like well, Jared. so her background is Muay Thai, kick, you know, Thai kickboxing, yep. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and then she started to incorporate catch wrestling in. And because she couldn't train, I don't know her trainer's name in catch wrestling, but because she couldn't get to him to train, he wrote out a syllabus and made video lessons for her to practice with. Nice. She fought in Elite XC, Strike Force, uh, uh, various, you know, back in the early days or the later late early days of the MMA, there were still lots of small independent promotions around to go work for. She came onto the scene about the same time that women's UFC and women's MMA caught on. You know, Gina Carana came out about that point. Shortly, uh, Ronda Rousey would be around. Yep. Uh, Chris Cyborg was out at that point or coming out at that point. So it was really a, a great time for women in sports, but women's sports in general, but women combat sports in particular. Yeah. Wrestling would lag behind them by about 10 or 12 years, though. Well, not all wrestling, because you know what? ROH and uh, yeah. TNA actually did an okay job of doing doing a semi-legitimate job pushing women. Yeah. You know, she eventually went on to the UFC after the Invicta stuff. She went into the independent pro wrestling circuit in 2015. Covered, you know, a handful of independent promotions plus the, you know, the women's promotions like Shimmer and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then she landed at the NXT or at first the WWE at the Mae Young Classic and then went on to NXT in 2017. She is the only two-time women's NXT champion. All right. So I didn't know that. I, I I did see where she had two had won it two times. I did see that when I was looking her up earlier, but I didn't know she was currently the champion. So that's good to know. Well, maybe I'm uh, wrong. Maybe I'm wrong no, there, but I believe so. No. It, well, that title could change overnight. You know, mm -hmm. uh, she could win it a third time by now. Who knows, right? Exactly. By the time this comes out, she may have won it a fourth time. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past her either. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So we've got number ten, Anoki. Number eight, Tank Abbott. Number eight. Nakamura and number seven, uh, Shauna Baszler. We just finished up talking a little about here. Jeremy, I'm going to tell you something I did the other day, buddy. What's that? I, I ordered something. I did this last week. And I did it again this week. Uh, I ordered something on Monday from Amazon Prime, and I got it on Tuesday. Man, I love my Amazon Prime. I'm going to tell you, you mentioned earlier about the movie. Uh, Chasing Molly. Chasing Molly. I'm going to try to watch that this evening. Uh, if my Internet is working to where I can stream, which I wasn't able I was able to Friday night, but I wasn't able to last night. But it's no reflection of Amazon Prime. It's only because of the Internet situation. Folks, if you don't have it, give Amazon Prime a try for a three thirty day free trial go to tinyurl.com backslash bb try prime now i've ordered just small little things uh one last monday and this past monday and i got them the following day on tuesday now they have two day 
overnight shipping or two-day shipping rather free of charge when you're a prime member and plus you've got tons and tons of music and 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 uh, videos you can stream movies you can stream tv shows you can stream i'm telling you it's worth this wait just for me to save my shipping cost these items would have cost me probably 5.99 each to get shipped to me that saved me what eleven dollars twelve dollars on both items and they both came with the overnight shipping now that Amazon's trying to do the next day uh, shipping. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Prime, give it a try. Help the show out. Get a little. That gives the show a little bit of kickback. Jeremy kind of keeps track of that. I hope that he's going to get a nice little three dollars here, three dollars there, folks. It adds up, and we appreciate it. So give us a give it the thirty day trial, Jeremy. Right? Tell him about it. Oh, I absolutely. Know. I don't know nothing. Anymore. Well, you you know plenty. You know you know that Prime is a good deal on something to try yeah. out. You know our fans can get it a free thirty day trial by going to tinyurl.com slash bbtryprime. So you know plenty right there. But guys, also, for those of you who know me at all, know I am a giant sci-fi nerd. I am a Flash Gordon fan. A couple of years ago on my other podcast, I interviewed a young lady named Lisa who had recently done a movie called Life After Flash, where she went and found the guy who starred as Flash Gordon in the 1980 movie. Mm. And figured out what his life was like. I got to tell you, it turns out at 50, he made a career change and became a security agent, a private security guy and um, bodyguard. I met him three years ago. Dude's a super badass. But if you want to learn more about him, you go to tinyurl.com slash bbbbflash. It's free on Prime. Right on, man. Well, I like my Prime. I love it, actually. And right there, folks, that's why he's the professor, because he knows all this. Also, that's why he's the professional. Did you, how, did you hear how smooth he went into his ad, if you caught an ad, for the uh, BB Tri Prime versus the way I stumbled across it? All I can tell you is this. I saved some money two weeks in a row on my shipping. Mm-hmm. I got a streaming service. I listen to music. I watch movies, and I dig it. So give it a try and help the podcast out if you can. We appreciate it. Absolutely. It's free to fucking try for 30 days. So, again, that's tinyurl.com slash BB Tri Prime. Go check it out if you're not already a member. Let's move on to number six is Bobby Lashley, man. He's coming at number six, and I'll let Jeremy start off a little bit. I'm just going to tell you a quick story uh, as to why, when I first started watching, why I still I still like him, obviously. Go ahead, Jeremy. Tell us a little bit about Mr. Bobby Lashley. Well, Bobby Lashley is one of those guys that if you look at yourself and then look at him, you think, there's no way we're the same species <laughs> of animal because this guy's as big as a house. <laughs> And I'm just some fucking jack off sitting behind a computer. You know, Bobby Lashley is an impressive, impressive athlete. He's got a great look. He look, I mean, he's a powerhouse. He's got years behind him, uh, you know, amateur wrestler in college and in the Army. I know he went to Ohio Valley Wrestling, so I know he had good pro-style training down there with uh, Danny Davis back in the day, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Cornette would have still been there at that time. But when he came out on TV, <clears throat> my uh, oldest son, who's now in the Army, um, and I want to thank Bobby Lash. I want to thank my son, and I'm going to tell you a little veteran story in just a little bit, too. Um, but anyway... Uh, for serving the Army. They served our country, and I appreciate that. Uh, hats off to anyone that served in the Army. Thank you. Or the military, armed forces, thank you very much. But my my oldest son, he always said he's going to be, uh, when he's younger, he's going to be in, a, in the NFL or in the uh, uh, soldier in the Army. Of course, after about ninth grade, the NFL, he's like, no. But he became a Marine, and then he's, then he's now in the Army. But he, he didn't even always watch that pro wrestling that much. But when he saw that Bobby Lash was in the Army and the way he came out, there was something that took him back. 
uh, about him that he was like, man, I like that guy. You know, he was an army man to my young son at the time. He's young, you know, he's an army man. So I, I kind of started watching him following his career from there. To me, I just, I really dig that man that, you know, the guy's completed his college education. He's completed, he competed in the army serving our country. And now he's competing around the world as a professional wrestler. And uh, I guess he still may go back to some MMA. I'm not sure what's going on with him now, but, but I know he's still, I know the hunger is still there sometimes when them guys, you know, they think they got that one more fight in a man. Um, I guess we'll see because we'll get to someone else in that list too as we go down through here that probably still has that, uh, you know. But uh, Lashley, that fight, you know, he's only lost one fight in the UFC, man. Yeah, uh, that's or MMA. That. I don't know if it's all. Yep, no worries. I was going to say, you know, he um, was, I don't know if that was a UFC fight or not, but it was an MMA fight. He's 15 and 1 and 0. Uh, so that kind of shows you what kind of competitor he is, man. He may come back, I think. Yeah, well, I think you're. I think you're right. He probably. He looks like the kind of guy who's always going to be like right on the edge of. You know what? Yeah. I got. I got one fight left in me here. So let's. Uh, let's see what happens. He's actually held quite a few titles. It looks like. I mean, amateur wrestling. You know, the internet, international military sports council, USA wrestling, national association. You know, the. You know, he's held a couple titles there. Uh, Kansas Wrestling Coaches Association. High School Coaches Association, Kansas State School Activities Association. Uh, he was a Shark Fights heavyweight champion once. The Extreme Fight Net, uh, I'm sorry, Extreme Fight Night champion one time. Uh, AWF Tag Team Champion, IWS Heavyweight Champion, Most Improved Wrestler Year from PWI, Rookie of the Year in 2005, number nine of the top 500 singles wrestlers in 2007. And that's pretty high on that goddamn list. Yeah, that you is. Know? Yeah. That's about the time. That's why I said that's about the time my oldest son, when he first debuted, that's why he'd been at about that right age for the wrestling fan, and you just start coming out, you know. And that that just you and you look at that guy. He's like a fucking superhero, only built better, mm-hmm. only built bigger, and probably tougher. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that list of fucking uh, things he's done, man, is incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, there's four-time, yeah, he's a four-time TNA champion, uh, or one-time X-Division champion, two-time ECW champion, two-time Intercontinental champion, and one-time United States champion. And he's just kind of getting started. Yeah, yeah. Even though that sounds like a long time ago, 2005, 2006, still really, like you said, just kind of getting started, really. Yeah. So uh, I think he's going to be around a while, or at least I hope he is. I, I'm, I'm, I like when someone like it has that crossover appeal, and that's kind of what our list is about. He has that crossover appeal. And, uh, again, here's someone new on our list, you know, making one of our different lists, and that's good that we're getting some fre- fresh blood uh, and some new names out here on our top ten list. And, again, if you're enjoying the show, folks, and we've got some upcoming top tens just hit us up on twitter at bbbb you can hit us up at the geekish cast for jeremy you can hit me up at bobby blaze 744 or you can hit our joint account at bell to bell blaze and and let us know you know who who should have made the top 10 who shouldn't have made the top 10 or maybe if we mentioned earlier you have a list of you know you'd like to say hey why don't you all do this for a top 10 we're open to that man and um i think that's going to take us to number five if i'm not mistaken jeremy it is going to take us to number five and bobby this is somebody you know pretty well this is yeah dan the beast severn and uh, B. Severn, yes. I spoke with Mr. Severn Friday afternoon. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, within the next few weeks, you're going to get the benefit. If you're listening to the program, you're going to hear it here first, folks, on the Bell to Bell podcast with Bobby Blaze. The professor's here. We're going to re- we're going to have this. Uh, Nate and Tim, the good men over there, they our agreement was prior to the interview. They said we could use this on our podcast and also eventually on a YouTube channel. It's going to be on their Patreon uh, page eventually, 
But um, yes, I had a really, really, I'm t- I cannot emphasize enough, and I hope it comes through in an interview. I had the pre- privilege of having an interview that Nate and Tim conducted with myself and Dan Severn the other day. I don't know, we spent, I think we had about 30 minutes together, and we hadn't seen each other for quite a while. It went real, real well. Actually, I don't think it could have went any better, not because of uh, my interview style or anything like that, or Dan's interview style. It's just two gentlemen discussing business. We talked about the 25 year anniversary, year anniversary rather of the matches I had with him I had one in Charlotte and one in Knoxville Tennessee and looking back I wish we had had number three four and five we talked about that in the interview but uh, Dan's list of uh, the credibility uh, is incredible man he was an all all American all state all American in uh, Michigan he went to University of Arizona in college and was an all American there for two years he was an alternate on the Olympic team and of course, when I tell the story, and I'm, I'm going to tell you real quickly, uh, you may hear it again on an interview, you may not. I don't know. You may have read it in my first book, you may not have. But uh, after UFC three back in April, about April of '95, I was taking a piss in Johnson City, Tennessee, and um, I'm in there just, you know, doing my business, man. The door swings open, and here, here comes Jim Cornette. He's like, Bobby, you got a minute? And I'm like, Well, I'm just kind of, you know, doing my thing over here, Jim, you know. And uh, he goes, I got good news. And I'm like, what's that? I'm sitting there just, again, doing my business, pissing. And, uh, he said, I got your book next month. And I go, okay, I'm glad I'm still be around, you know, next month uh, on the booking sheet or whatever. And he says, I got your book against Dan Severn. And I just stopped pissing. I mean, I just stopped. And it's hard to do, folks. It's hard to just stop. I stopped. And I midstream. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> I went over and washed my hands. And I was like, what? Do I owe you money or something? Jim, you mad at me or what? <laughs> he goes, no, no. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good, man. I've I, I got you. I said, you know he just won UFC. I, at that time, I was a big UFC fan. I would have known all the names then because uh, I watched them. And this was like the third one. And uh, he had won it the night before. And uh, I knew, obviously, who he was. And I said, you know he won UFC number three last night, right? And he goes, yeah. That's why we got a book that's going to work out great. And then my next question, I don't think he ever answered. I said, he knows the work, right? And he goes, well, you know, Al Snow's training and working with I'm like, I didn't ask who the fuck's training him. I, I want to know if he knows the work, you know. But, no, it, it all worked out good. And that's just kind of the uh, sometimes don't let the truth stand away of a good yarn kind of story there. You know what I'm saying? Knock, knock, nin, nin, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, we had a real good interview, and I hope you all enjoy. But Severin's accomplishments, uh, man, he's out there, man. This guy, he's still going today. He was talking about being out in Phoenix to the UFC, I think, last week or whatever. Uh, and he's just a tremendous athlete. Um, I can't say enough good things about Dan Severin uh, because we did have that gentleman's agreement. And also, to this day, there's still a lot of respect between the two of us. And he was one of those guys, you know, he got to go from crossover. He was NWA champion, which I respect that belt. Uh, as we talked about on this show before, he carried that belt at the same time he carried a UFC belt. So he's walking around with two championship belts that actually had some meaning to him. And then also he went to the WWE or WWF at the time, I guess. I don't know what it was at that time. And uh, I guess he does some business up there. And, and I think he was managed by Cornette while he was up there, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's all good. You know, I know a couple years at um, WrestleCade, Cornette managed uh, Severn uh, down there for a match. So I know they have a good working relationship as well. I always respect that because I know how much Jimmy loves the business and, and obviously when you can do business with a guy like Dan Severn, I think that crossover appeal is there, man, when you got a guy coming fresh off a UFC fight. Uh, and not so many people, honestly, in, in the ninety in the, uh, May fight, I don't know if they how many people knew or didn't know who he was. Of course, I'd known pretty good down in the Carolinas. Not like, not like
like all the top guys, but we was doing a, you know, Carolina's memory tour. And here I am getting to wrestle a guy, you know, for the UFC, for the NWA title that just won a UFC title as well. Um, that's an honor for me, you know, in the, in the hotbed of, uh, God's country or Ric Flair's country of wrestling, if you will, down in Charlotte, North Carolina. But Knoxville, it was really good because by that time, you know, four months later, whatever it was, four or five months later, everyone knew who the fuck Dan Severn was. And like I told Dan Severn professionally, that match was going to get over a lot better because I'd been on TV down there for three years. So he sure as hell knew who I was, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we got a good pop. And I appreciated that because that's what you work for, you know. And I used that E word on the other, uh, interview. I'll just tell you that right now, folks. So don't, and I don't even think I dropped an F bomb. Wow. <laughs> I try to. I think, I don't know, I may have, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I have a lot of respect for Dan Severn. I knew we couldn't have this list without him. Some people may say he could have been higher. Some people might say he don't even deserve to be on a list. But you know what? They're entitled to their opinions. And since I came up with most of this list, I put him at number five because I want to talk to him and let you folks know. I want you to hear this interview. I think it went real well. It's going to be coming out pretty soon. The professor is going to take care of it. Nate and him is going to send it over, and we're going to see what happens, man. I hope you all enjoy it. I talk about your match with Dan Sever, your matches with Dan Severn quite a bit, because I like how you guys adapted a an MMA stance into that quite a bit, and you made it look more like a shoot fight. Ten years after you guys did that, Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle would do it. Mm. You know, you guys were ahead of your time. Yeah, Dan Severn is just a monster. He's got to be, what, 61, 62 years old by now, and he's only semi-retired? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say two-time NWA champion. He was a multiple-time UFC champ back in the days where UFC was still a no-weight class, single-elimination tournament for a championship every time it came up. There were no continuing champions. There were no... You know, it was a very different time in MMA, and you didn't know who you were stepping in against. MMA, quote-unquote MMA, was not a style of its own yet either. It, it was, was just when they had, like, a Muay Thai guy versus a wrestler or a boxer versus a karate guy or, you know, and like you said, no weight classes back then. They had, you know, big Hawaiian guy. Gracie's out there tapping people out to something no one even heard of it in this part of the fucking world, and that was uh, jiu-jitsu. Now everyone seems like they know about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know. That's right. But, it's all a big introduction to all those different fights. Severn and I, yeah, we took that approach to our matches, um, and we'll talk about that more in depth in our interview. And I hope that comes across in a way that you that you like this interview, Jeremy. Just say, oh, okay, Bobby, that's that's why you didn't say anything on our podcast. Yeah, no, 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 because no, interview because you know what? I think you'll like it. I really do. I With think, what you just I, now said. Uh, yeah, well, I man. think I think next week we are going to put that up for next week's episode. Nice. Hey, maybe my internet will be even working faster, and I can listen to it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Oh, nice, man. Thanks for doing that. I was hoping that's what would happen. That was our agreement, and I didn't know how soon we could get it done. But given this segment and what we just now talked about, you just now put it together. I'm looking for the next week's episode. But you know what? We better move on. So number five was Dan Severn, but we want to move on for our list here. Number four, I'm going to let you introduce him. He's actually been on our list one other time, and it may shock a few people that he's back on our list again, and I think rightfully so. And who is that? That would be Chick Magnet Punk. CM Punk. I don't know how much amateur background he has when I was talking about, I think it's easier for a guy to go from the MMA or wrestling world or amateur background wrestling or shoot or catch his catch can to the pro style. Here's a situation. Again, I don't know how much he did have, but I'll say this. I said it before we mentioned Punk on our show. I'm glad he walked away from the business when he was on top. And that's good that someone could do that. And I'm, I like that. Doing so, he decided he's going to be an MMA guy and wrestle for the UFC. And I don't care if you like him or if you don't like him. I'll say this. 
I respect the fact that the guy said, you know what, I, I've got another goal now in my life. I'm going to I'm gonna try MMA. I want to fight for the UFC. And I don't care how good he did or how bad you think. It takes a hell of a lot of discipline, especially you get a little bit older. I know he was, you know, PS30 or not because I don't know his age. And I'm, I'm being dumb here on that. You could probably look it up. But, but I know he's an older guy. Get into the shoot fight and train and the spar and put in the time and put in the work, man. I admire the fuck out, respect the fuck out of him. You know, I guess he's got a couple more fights still in him. Again, I think I mentioned this on a program when his name did come up before on one of our lists. I'm not so sure that he won't come back into pro wrestling. I think he's missed that much. When we did this list, I thought, you know, I know I don't have any information. This is just me. As a fan, I don't know if he'll ever come back into pro wrestling, but I think he does have a couple more UFC fights in him, and I hope he does good. And I think he's the one that does have that crossover appeal uh, with his look and his straight-edge attitude and stuff. He deserves to be on this list of MMA guys that crossed over from pro wrestling he's kind of the uh, extreme here if you will a lot of the guys you that we have talked about that you see in mma have a jiu-jitsu background or a you know collegiate wrestling or high school wrestling or you know amateur or catch or something like that if i'm not mistaken cm punk started with a backyard fed in the 90s i don't think before that he actually had any wrestling training or anything so i believe that it was quite literally how he came into it was backyard wrestling and then in through a couple indies then ovw roh yeah i met him at uh i met him at cleveland all pro wrestling back in the day he was just starting off when he used to run up here in cleveland all pro mm-hmm. and uh, jt lightning booked him a couple of times early on in his career i didn't you know get to know him or anything a lot of times i just drove in did my shot got paid and got out you know but um he was he was the early one in, in the locker room up there as i was on my way out you know I was getting a little bit older and stuff. That's my understanding, too. He just, you know, worked a lot of independence and got to the pro, you know, just eventually. And he became a huge fucking star, man. I yeah. mean, and he left on top of the game. And he took that crossover appeal over to the MMA. I mean, there was a lot of people. And I don't like to be one of these negative people. But there was a lot of people saying, I hope he gets his ass kicked. Not me. I was like, man, you know what? He's a former professional wrestler. I hope he does good. Yeah. I, so, you know, I, I hope things go well for him. He did. I mean, his mic skills got him over in the, you know, not, I'm not taking anything away from his no, ring ability. No. He was a hell of a wrestler, but his mic work is where yeah. he really shined. You know, that's really where he, uh, that's how he cashed his checks. It is a brave thing to at you know what he must have been what thirty seven when he yeah, decided. I, knew he had, I didn't want to say his age. I wasn't sure, so I figured yeah. he was in his thirties though. So he was about thirty seven. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm, more impressive. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. His age must have been right about. He had to have been mid to late thirties. Yeah. And he and goes, you know what? Yeah, he, he George Costanza's out of wrestling. You know, he hit his high <laughs> note and he walked out the door and said, yeah. all right, now I'm going to go try MMA. It's a brave move. I, I don't care. I mean, you get your ass kicked as much as you want. That was brave. You know? I agree. And that's like uh, we mentioned on number seven, that Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. She, uh, you know, she's, she's actually about 40 years old. So here about three or four years ago, she decided to go opposite. You know, like, hey, that's your, you know, late 30s. You're making a life change there. You know, he went from pro wrestling, tired of sitting on the sidelines, whatever, over to the MMA. She was getting out of the MMA and getting into the independent wrestling, and now, you know, she's, you know, NXT superstar and champion there. 
folks, it takes a lot to get to these levels. And, you know, I guess the one thing Jeremy is going to say is real quickly is I'm glad we had the fans we do. And, and I don't watch a whole lot of it. You don't watch a whole lot of it. We, we talk about different things we do watch as far as when we do watch some wrestling, et cetera. But I don't like the armchair quarterbacks that say, you know, oh, man, they could have done this better, could have done that better, or why did this girl lose, or why did uh, Punk quit, or whatever. You know what? Just enjoy it for what it is, man. So that's why I say I want to see him do good. If he's got another MMA fight coming up, which I'm pretty sure he does in the UFC, I can't think of who it was he was going to fight. But anyway, when he does, I hope he does good. Win, lose, or draw, I want to see the guy do good and be successful outside the business as as he was in the business. And we talked about it on what uh, the greatest uh, promos in the biz, man. He he made our list on there. And like you said, he he cashed his check because of his promos. That's right. So, well, you know, we're going to run a little <laughs> bit long this week. Yeah, but, um, we are. Number, number three. three. Yeah. Ken Shamrock, number three, started off with the pro wrestling style and went into the MMA. Now, he was a wrestler and a fighter. I remember way back when, 89, 90, when I was down at Malenko's and Dean talking about he was going up to the Carolinas. There was South Carolina. Rest, uh, George Scott, not Sandy. George had put together some TV tapings, and Dean was going up there at South Atlantic Championship Wrestling, I think it was. They was using a lot of guys that had left. Crockett Promotion was kind of, you know, spreading out a little bit and breaking up or whatever. You know, things are this way and that way. And Dean come back talking about this guy that had all the talent in the world and was so tough. And I think he actually went by Vince, uh, talking about names or whatever. I think he had a different name at the time. I can't remember what it was. You can look it up, I'm sure. But it was Ken Shamrock. And then within a couple years i had a couple buddies working out of the dojos over in japan and again this is when i was like really had my thumb you know i was in the business i was living a business you know pancreas i had a guy a buddy yep. of mine named greg i met some australian guys i've been over there and, and when they was here training in tampa one of them went to pancreas uh, dojo to stay for six months he did that three different times he stayed for six months go back to australia or come to the states for six months and he was training at pancreas and he was telling me about this shamrock guy and how tough he was and this and that and that's when he really started to come on the scene too and before before that first UFC that Shamrock came to, you know, just kind of smartened you up out there, I guess, over at Pancras, I guess uh, Shamrock lost their title because they wasn't so sure that he was going to be winning a UFC fight. And that first UFC that he was going against was against Dan to be severed. And I'm not fact-checking. I'm sure he had a lot of fights and stuff. But if I'm not mistaken, that, that, that UFC was number, might have been number five, maybe. I know they had like a 30-minute draw, Shamrock and, and Severn. And I know probably a lot of blood, bad blood between them two. I don't know to what degree. I, I heard rumors they may have one more match in them. That's what I heard rumors of. I don't know that to be a fact. Those guys, they worked in a... Uh, WWE together, that crossover we're talking about. And if you don't know who we're talking about, Ken Shamrock, I'm telling you, man, that guy, he legitimately just so damn tough. One of, one of my friends was sitting by him on an airplane one time, a, you know, a jet or what have you, and he, he just said, man, how would you do against, uh, you know, he named a couple world heavyweight boxing champs. Shamrock didn't back down a beast. So I'd beat their ass. They don't stand a chance. If I take them down, they don't stand a chance. And I don't know if it's because the guy was just a fan. I mean, he's a grown man, but he obviously wasn't in a business. But I don't know if he looked at him like he's a businessman of work. But my buddy looked at him. He said, when he looked at me, I, his eyes just said, you could see it. He's ready to fight someone right there. I don't think for a second he didn't think he could have beat anyone that was a world heavyweight champion in boxing. So there's that, that whole thing right there, like, Man, you don't want to mess with Ken Shamrock, you know? <laughs> Apparently people have. <laughs> so as I understand his career, uh, he started off, I don't remember the name of the place, he started off in Japan under the name Wayne Shamrock. Okay. And he and two of the guys that he worked with started occasionally doing shoot matches with other people. 
And then they decided to strike out on their own, and because you know they'd always been told that nobody would pay for a real wrestling match that wasn't predetermined, and they said, "Here, hold my beer (laughs) (laughs) for Pancrase." Their first event they did, it drew a sellout crowd of seven thousand people. So it proved that that was wrong. And that's kind of the start of where MMA comes in. Now, as I understand it, the first events they did were under pro wrestling rules. And, you know, no closed hand strikes to the head, stuff like that. And then eventually went in. But, yeah, you're right. Is I, I didn't know this till you said it when we were started talking about this. I didn't know he started in pro wrestling before going MMA because there was nowhere to go with MMA when he started as a pro wrestler. Right. Yeah. Right. The only reason I knew, because I was at the Malenko camp, and I was there, you know, four days a week pretty much living in Tampa. And Dean and I had gotten really close, and Dean was going up there doing those TV taping for George Scott back in the day. Like I said, you know, I think it's South 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 Atlantic Championship Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. You can check that title. But anyway, I just know Dean was really impressed with them early on. They was doing training up there and stuff too. Of course, Dean always had his, like we talked about before, he good at booking matches, calling finishes, and giving guys ideas and stuff. And he was just really impressed with the Shamrock guy, you know. As, mm-hmm. And he told us, he could always tell us how things go, and that's one of those things. That's the only reason I knew that he come from that pro wrestling background. So we've got him and Punk, probably the only two on our list, I guess, that really went from pro wrestling over to the MMA. And like you said, Shamrock pretty much because they didn't have any MMA for him to go to at that point. There were no feuds or rivalries until Shamrock and Gracie. Yeah. Until Shamrock and Severn. Yep. You know, they were really the ones that started turning it up. He still has the longest, he and Hoist Gracie have the longest fight in UFC history at 36 minutes. Woo! Could, yeah, can you imagine? I mean, well, yeah, you can, because, I mean, yeah. pro wrestling matches go <laughs> like that. But you don't legitimately have somebody But you can strangling. grab a rest hold. Grab a yeah. rest hold. <laughs> exactly. You don't have somebody strangling you in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> no. The guy has held all sorts of titles. He's an inaugural super fight champ at UFC. He holds multiple viewer choice awards and, you know, association awards. The King of Pancrase in 94, the uh, Pride Grand Prix 2000 final super fight winner, Black Belt Magazine full contact fighter of the year, just on and on and on, and just so many things. And then here's one I didn't even know about, NWA heavyweight champion. Oh, you know what? I didn't know it either. Yeah, he was the first NWA heavyweight champion when TNA was formed. Okay. Okay, well, there. Yep. That's why you're the professor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, professor, I know we're running our time here, so let's do two things real quick, okay? Yes, sir. I'm going to start with number 10. I'm going to give a quick plug for our YouTube channel, and we'll get to number two and one. How's that? Sounds like a plan. Number 10, folks, on this list right here, this was MMA uh, and pro wrestling crossover stars. We had uh, Antonio Inoki, Tank Abbott. Uh, Nakamura, uh, Shayna Baszler, Bobby Lashley, Dan Severn, CM Punk, and Ken Shamrock. Real quickly, out there, Tex, you're tearing it up, man, right now on the YouTube channel. Um, over there at GP, listen here, folks, right now on the YouTube channel. If you go to tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video, the top 10 tag teams is what's up there right now. And I think it was Friday when the number one team was revealed. And if you go on there, folks, you can do them in order. You can just start off with number one if you just want to find out who it is. Or I was just like everyone else. I watched it as they came out, as text put them out on the YouTube channel. And it's tinyurl.com backslash BBBB video. I'm going to let the professor tell you how good these videos are doing. But if you go through number 10 all the way down to number nine, that's the, number one, rather. That's why I did. I did 10, 9, right in order. And when I saw it was posted, I couldn't even get to it because of the Internet, folks. I'm telling you, I couldn't see it. And I was at the gym on Friday, and I could pick up their Wi-Fi, and I'm on my phone. 
and I saw the number one. I was like, yes, I popped two guys. And uh, uh, anyway, tell them about them videos. What's out there, Jeremy? Because besides tag teams, all kinds of other videos, other not other uh, other videos out there, uh, professional uh, tough guys, the uh, announcers, and and all kind of masked men's coming. I mean, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of surprises on it. But tell them, Jeremy, real quick. Hit it real quickly. The greatest mass wrestlers, the greatest tag teams. Our biggest crushes in wrestling. Oh, yeah. Ten, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Ten scariest gimmicks in wrestling. Best play-by-play announcers in wrestling. Biggest badasses. Most influential women. Greatest managers. Bobby Blaze's favorite matches. Most underrated wrestlers. We got Bobby doing commentary on some of his own matches. We do goofiest gimmicks. Greatest regional hills. Greatest regional baby faces. Why we love Roddy Piper. Greatest rivalries of all time. And I believe... Usually we're about three months behind going from episodes of the podcast to videos. So that means we got a lot more in the books coming up still. Yep. A lot of great stuff. Also, Bobby, we are 120 subscribers away from 5,000. Oh, let's hit that 5,000 subscriber yeah. people. So if, if you guys listen to the podcast, um, if I get you guys to go to YouTube, you know, tinyurl.com slash video and subscribe to the show on there. We're just going to set a goal of trying to hit 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Pretty soon here, we're going to be introducing some original content for YouTube, so that way we can kind of separate the podcast a little bit from the YouTube in some ways. Pretty soon here also, Bobby, we're going to have our Patreon is going to be launching, I believe, next month, where we're going to have three tier levels, but we're, we're going to talk about that at the start of next month and what we're going to be doing there. Bobby, because we are going to be about a half an hour, at least half an hour over tonight, let us go on and move on to number two. Yes. Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Yes, that's right. Couldn't pick another one better to come in at number two than Ronda Rousey. And I was wondering if you could put the Rowdy at the beginning of it, and you did. Man, Mm -hmm. what crossover appeal. She goes from, you know, the Olympic team, judo Olympic medalist, UFC, blows it out of fucking water, just tapping people out in fucking mere seconds, not even minute fights sometimes with the arm bars. Man, crossover appeal into movies and TV and commercials. I don't know if there's anyone that was hotter on the planet just a couple of years back than Ronda Rousey. And, of course, now that she steps over from the UFC to the biggest sports. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, she steps yeah. over to the WWE and comes on at Mania and tears the fucking house down in her debut match on Mania. It's just incredible, man. I was hoping that she got over like she did, and she did. And I don't, you know, that to me, I, I loved it. I loved it. And I don't know if she's going to go back to UFC again. I don't know if she's going to stick around WWE or, or keep on modeling and doing her fitness training, doing everything she's got going on for movies and TV and stuff. But, man, I tell you what, you talk about crossover appeal and someone that really knocked it out of park, it, it was her. So. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that she's hot doesn't hurt either. No, I'm sure I know. That's a, I'm sure that's a big part of her, her initial appeal. But when people got past that and saw what a badass she was, that kept him in the room. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, she is like, I mean, just so decorated in her, her judo background, international uh, Olympics, USA judo, so accomplished in combat sports in general. Yeah. Uh, at the UFC, she was the inaugural bantamweight champion. She had six successful title defenses. She has the fastest win at 14 seconds in UFC history. Incredibly long and just storied history in MMA. You know, I guess she was also, she's the first gold medalist to win a UFC uh, championship. Man, unreal. Uh, you know, yeah, and it doesn't matter, male or female, she's the first, you know, yeah. the, the, the quickest knockout, the first <laughs> to ever do that. 
then she jumped to pro wrestling, which I think, you know, look, if you're coming out of combat sports, you still need to make money, but you don't want to get the shit knocked out of you every time you do it. Pro wrestling is not a bad way to go. I mean, it's still going to yeah. be physical and it's going to hurt and you're going to travel a whole shit ton more than you're used to. But you don't have people trying to choke you to death every every time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Why not go to the biggest stage in the world if you're going to do it? You know, don't fuck yeah. around. You're already as popular as you are in the UFC with all that appeal. Time, I guess, is her and Conor McGregor, man. They was just over everywhere you turn on the TV for UFC stars. Going back from what we talked about earlier, what we have this list at to, to when it started to what it is now. And she goes from that stage to a, the grandeur stage of the WWE on WrestleMania and debuts there. I mean, it's it's that's pretty damn good, man. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. And that's and she's on a whole nother level, you know. Yeah. Like, it doesn't hurt that she's hot. That 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 goes a long way, man. So, um, but her talent is way out there. It's way out there. She can do it all, and uh, I I like that. But she's number two. And do you have anything else to say? We'll go to number one. We'll finish well, up our podcast here. Yeah, Judo Jean was one of her trainers. Yep. She she got her name Rowdy from Roddy Piper. You know, just she's got, I mean, she's got everything. I mean, she's a legit badass. She's <laughs> a good worker. She's got a tough lineage. Her mom was a judo champ. I mean, just accolades are, are in every direction around that lady. That's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to one. number one. All right. Brock Lesnar, man. I mean, here's a guy that was an NCAA champion, uh, you know, wrestled his whole life, man. And uh, he was trained professionally by Brad Reganus, Re- Reagan's rather, uh, Kurt Henning, but also Dean Malenko had a hand in that. I don't know how big of a hand he had in it down there at uh, OVC, but Jim Cornette did. I know they had some heat, I guess, to where Cornette wanted to shoot him. I don't know. But, but he got training, you know, all through from that tough uh, amateur background, UFC-type MMA background, and then he is in pro wrestling, and, and what he's done with then, he's got to work on the biggest stage in the world in WrestleMania. Uh, he's got to perform on those uh, UFCs. This guy can go back and forth. Hell, he just had a couple fights here in the last couple of years on both stages. You know, and I, I think, I don't know about this. I don't, I'm not reading anything, Jeremy, just so you know. I just knew that some of these guys that, that were top trainers, especially, I didn't you know Kurt. I figured Kurt had a hand in helping him at some point. I don't know how much, but uh, that's something I'd read earlier. Dean probably the same way. Probably in WWE, Dean's pulled him to the side and said, you know, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Check this out, you know. Uh, just knowing what I do know about the business and about Dean and, and a guy like when you got a fucking thoroughbred like uh, Brock Lesnar. I mean, hell, the guy even tried to play football a few years ago for the Minnesota Vikings. He made it ex far. Uh, shows what kind of athlete he is. He dropped weight and tried to make it and, and made it so far until he finally you know, until he finally did get cut or whatever. He's down to the last few men on the roster, though. Yep. Uh, this guy, you talk about the crossover appeal. Now, I know he doesn't look as good as Ronda Rousey, but, you know, that's not my thing. But this guy, as Joe Rogan says, I think you said it about Lashley, when he stands next to Brock Lesnar, he thinks, I can't even be in the same species as this guy. He said his hands and his head are so friggin' big. And he's a beast, man. You look at how big he is. My goodness, man. He's just a, he's like 6'3", but he's carrying around that kind of weight. I know he has to get down to 265 for USC, but you see him at 300 pounds. My God, man! In wrestling, he actually—he there's your strong style. I think he just works snug and stiff. He just try to kill people. I don't know, man. Like, let up, bro. It's a work, you know. Yeah. But uh, to go over to that UFC, he has to turn that switch back on, you know. And when you turn that switch back on, 
It's hard to turn it off. I hope he I hope he has one more fight in him. I don't know what he's going to do with WWE. I don't follow it that much as far as his programming. But I would like to see him go back and fight another time or two in the UFC, and I think he will from what I hear. If you read something, smart me up, Jeremy. That's all I can ask you. But well, we've had a good list, and Brock Lesnar, number one. You know, like you said, he, he blew up pretty big. Well, until they gave the title to Randy Orton, he was the youngest <laughs> WWF history and uh, WWF champion in history. The only reason they gave it to somebody younger is to take that away from him when he left. Right. And when he, and when he left, it was to try out for the Vikings. The fact, like you said, he he damn near made it to the team professionally says a lot about his yeah. athleticism. Then when that didn't work, he decided he was just going to go beat the shit out of people professionally. <laughs> yeah, hell. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end our program. <laughs> I think so. Number one, I'm just going to say one more thing there real quickly. Don't forget next week's episode, man. If the professor gets this together, you're going to have an interview with myself and Dan Severin up. Courtesy of the boys, uh, Nate and Tim over there at Wide Men Can't Jump, and uh, I hope the fans like that. I hope you've liked our list of the uh, top ten pro wrestling and MMA crossover stars. Again, just find me on Twitter at BobbyBlaze7. 44 find a professor at the geekish cast on twitter and or follow our joint account which is the uh, bell to bell blaze and also check out our youtube channel but uh i appreciate all the good fans listen again apologize for missing last week hopefully uh, we're back on track again thank you very much professor it's been a really good time sorry we went a bit long man but we had a good time with this list that was a good uh, list and you know we had a lot of stuff had you know starting up the show so, you know, sometimes we're going to run long, sometimes we're going to run short, sometimes we're going to have internet problems. Shit happens. <laughs> well, Bobby, thank you for being back this week. We do appreciate it. And, yeah, everybody, do tune in next week as you will get an episode uh, with an interview with Dan Severn and Bobby Blaze. So, for myself, Professor Jeremy Vollmer, for the star of the show, Bobby Blaze, bye-bye, everybody.